Take a moment. Stare into space and really think about this. Imagine your parents having sex. 99% of people on this planet were created by two people having sex. For you, that's your mom and your dad. It's very important to take time every now and then to just give that a very long, strong thinking about. Any aspect of your parents' sexual relationship you wish, just give it a good, hard thought right now. I'll give you a, a couple seconds to start. The desire, the moaning, the groaning, the pleasure, all the various moistures and motions involved. Your Multiple mom. positions. Yes, your mom, your dad. <laughs> having sex that is what Chaz Bono thinks about every time he hears this song and the sound effects that he hears are that farting oboe at the beginning <laughs> that is a farting oboe share so this episode is all about people you do not want to ever imagine having sex together singing romantic songs to each other grossing you the fuck out this is what we'll be covering today on Beyond Yacht Rock. U.S. You. Beyond Yacht Rock. I feel like this is going to be a pretty tight episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Super this tight. is pretty gross. My yeah. episodes are tight. That's what I have to brag about. They are tight. T-I-T-E. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. We create musical genres. We count down the best songs in those genres that we've created. Um, and uh, my name is J.D. Riznar. Hey, over there in Hawaii. On Skype. Via Skype. Who's that? Hey, uh, La- Lahaina Poke, bitches. What's your name? Oh, I'm Dave. I'm Aloha Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hollywood Steve, back here in L.A. And I got this guy, Hunter. Um, so every week, we're the guys who created the term Yacht Rock, and we know you, that you love Yacht Rock, so even though our show's not entirely about Yacht Rock, we throw a bone to it every week. So Steve, what are we listening to right now? Alright, we, we've been going obscure on a lot of these bone throws, and I'm not doing that this week. I want to know exactly how yachty we all think Biggest Part of Me by Ambrosia is. Because we've talked here and there about the overall yachtiness of Ambrosia. I've been a strong advocate. This is one of their all-time soft rock classics, but how yachty is it? Uh, this hit number three, it's tied with how much I feel as the biggest hit of them. I agree with <laughs> everything hit Steve of them. Said. <laughs> uh, But hey, I do want to bring up this point. We always try to go really obscure on these bone throws, except for one of us. And I feel like that... Sometimes we put these uh, well-known classics in there. It's fun just to talk about it. Of course. I love, <laughs> I, I love both. I love both. <laughs> I'm ahead of my time again. You're re- no, you're not. Dave was way ahead of your, his time. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. He's, he's been, been way, Steve way ahead much. of us. I haven't been seeing Steve much. I really miss the guy. I'm trying to build him up. Steve, you're doing a great job. Thanks, I really Dave. Appreciate it. I, really, I really appreciate your appreciation. Thank you, buddy. I mean, this is definitely a yacht rock song. Um, yeah, yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about the the, the ways that the, the possible irregularities with yeah, Steve, Steve, Steve didn't Steve didn't photo blow this one. <laughs> uh, 
I, we've talked about ambrosia in a couple of the yachter yachts. Oh, they've just got that. A little bit of delay there in Hawaii. <laughs> no, I'm just still laughing. Oh, okay. Uh, is this the first time we've talked about ambrosia in the, the main show? I think it might be. No. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, so, number know. one, ambrosia is basically a self-contained band. There's no real studio personnel of note, although there is some sax work by Ernie Watts on the album this song comes from, which is 1980's 180. Yes, Wait, what, uh, what's Ernie Watts' connection to Yacht Rock? I feel like... Cannonball Adderley. Just... Uh, who did? Uh, he was the fourth Ghostbuster, and the theme song was by Ray Parker he was, Jr. We just, we was, we just talked about him in a recent Willie Hutch's The Mac album. Okay, yeah. I know he was on a couple other things that we've mentioned. I just can't remember what. Quincy Jones. I have my computer in front of me. I'm just reading stuff. Anyway, sorry, Ernie Watts. All right, yeah. So there there's is. Steely Dan Pretzel Logic. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, none of Ambrosia's hits have any co-writers of note because. They're all written by lead singer David Pack, all three of their big hits. And although there is definitely some jazz and R&B influence in these hits, it's sort of filtered through this prog rock sensibility, like they arrived at their brand of musical sophistication through a different portal than a lot of the uh, the other their fellow yacht rockers. Yeah, we did a, a song of theirs on one of our Yacht and Yacht episodes called Nice, Nice, Very Nice, which was super prog. Um, and it was not even close for most of us. Steve gave it a 65 because he thinks it's I was like, yeah, it's together. Yacht Prog. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a thing that I think exists. But that's what Ambrosia does, is they're a prog band that went soft for a couple hits and did some straightforward pop yeah. stuff. Kind of paving the way for Genesis and Yes to make similar moves once they realized they didn't have to do prog all the time all right. anymore. Interesting. Um, to me, like, this is... What, what year is this from, Steve? 1980. Okay, so this has a really nice bounce. It's got all the influences, like you said. Um, is it, it's an acoustic guitar song, right? I don't know. There's piano. I don't know. I I don't know. What point are you trying to get to? My point is, I think it's a Yacht Rock song. I think it's a little sentimental, so I'm going to score it lower. I'd give this like a 62 on the Yatsky scale. City Did anybody else give a score? Not yet. Okay. Uh, uh, 65. 65 from Lions. Wow. Aloha, Dave. I'm going to go a little bit higher than both of you. I'm going to give it a 69. Wow. Once again, I'm going to be the wild card. Uh, I think there's a good amount of melodic and harmonic unpredictability on this site. You know, it's, it is a definite pop song, but there's enough unpredictability to tip this soft rung into firm yacht territory. But you know what? I think this is essential. I'm giving it a 91. Such a weirdo. Um, you actually <laughs> wow. changed, you changed my mind That's... a little bit. I'm giving it a 72 now. I bumped it up three points from all those great points you just made. Uh, Boom. I'm, I'm starting to understand why your high school days were plagued with bullies. <laughs> to get no, I don't think you are. <laughs> um, yeah. hey, no, I, hey, I, hey, Huey gave that song figured... too high a score on the Yatsky scale. Let's give him a wedgie. Get him. <laughs> this is 72. Let's get him, fellas. 72.5. All right. <clears throat> Let's get into Uets. This is beautiful. So, Uets is a pretty simple genre. It's any duet that when you think about the lyrics and who's singing it to each other, you go, ew. <laughs> Usually, uh, it's a romantic song. So, if you were to take romance to its logical zenith, 
having sex, you would be grossed out if you imagined the singers boning. Uh, wait, I, I forgot. I, I have to flip the page on this one. Uh, um, this is basically. Remember when we almost broke up, you guys? Mm-hmm. No, when we were. I don't do- remember that. You don't? When we when we were doing uh, these guys probably fucked. I don't think we almost broke oh, up. Oh, it was. We just had some real healthy disagreements yeah, on that episode. We, we had to have yeah. we had to have multiple band meetings. To- it's, it's the closest we ever came before we got in our rhythm. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that episode could have been great. It also could have been hopelessly juvenile and set the podcast on the wrongest course possible. See? We're almost breaking up again. I know. But here's the thing. This is exactly the episode I wanted out of These Guys Probably Fucked. Thank you for bringing this back. This is the, this is mining the most comedy out of These Guys uh, Probably Fucked, where you take the two most disgusting people you can think of, singing lovely songs to each other, and then going, Ew. Yeah, and that's a part of Ewitz. But there's that's other. That's kind of what I was going for. No, you, you weren't. Thought it was homophobic. No, because no, never mind. But we, we're not going to rehash yeah. this again. These guys probably fu- the difference is these guys probably fuck. That genre is about like songs implying sex, even if it's two straight dudes singing together. This is romantic songs, people who would have sex together in most situations, theoretically. Theoretically, really? I don't know. <laughs> and, it's theoretically possible. Um, well, my argument was at the time that they should be people singing songs about loving each other yeah. that you don't want to see having sex and the thought of these guys probably fucked was really gross mm-hmm. which you've distilled it to a much better genre in this and it's great let me tell you why we're listening to this song this is up where we belong it's a beautiful romantic song about the inspiration we all find in love but really it's about how coming feels like you're flying <laughs> Um, Jennifer Warnes sounds like a freaking angel. Like, she's just a beautiful woman who looks like she should have a fit 80s lover with, like, a mustache and a briefcase. Then Joe Cocker comes in. <laughs> a briefcase. Very, uh, very, Halliburton? Joe Cocker comes in sounding like a creepy uncle. It's a soulful creepy uncle. Yeah. I love Joe Cocker. He's great, but... When this song really soars and they're basically singing, Oh my God, we're coming and it feels like we're flying like fucking eagles. Forgive me for being a little grossed out by that. He's like, Joe Cocker, he's like the guy, he's like, you ever see old young porn where like an old man has sex with a young woman? He looks like every old man in an old young porn. I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Um, he... I have to say that a lot of these songs, um, even though they're duets, I'm still intrigued by the prospect of, the, of them having sex. The couplings, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I that I kind of would want to watch it, just yeah. just for the spectacle of the event. This is a very objective genre for, for me, but I'm usually right well, about I'm most not, things. I'm <laughs> um, so there's here. We'll keep listening to this for a minute, just because it's beautiful. Um, so there's different kinds of ewets, and let me run you through them all. This is this kind here, I call um, a bogum ewet, beautiful woman, gross man. It's very common, <laughs> bogum ewets. It's also uh, common to see around Los Angeles too. Yeah, yes, yes. There's yeah. too many beautiful women. Some of them got to settle. Um, like my wife. 
<laughs> mom, mom and poppy wet. <laughs> That's the point I wanted to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> um, mom and poppy wet. Um, these these singers don't have to be actual parents or married couples. Um, they basically just have to be old and unattractive enough to have lost Western culture's ideal aura of a sexually active person. <laughs> so in Eastern society, they might still maybe. be attractive. Some other societies may find these two people to be fucking <laughs> oh, okay. sexual okay. gods. Okay. Or maybe like France. Maybe yeah. they're esteemed in France. Oh, yeah. wait, isn't that still Western? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah but the, I don't the French, French, I don't hung up I should, the French say, are freakier than most of the Western I should, I should say American, American culture. Okay. Uh, some would say forward thinking, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking for it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in that category in not, not too you've long. You've been now. in that category a long time, my friend. Now, I, I, I haven't been old and unattractive. I've just been young and unattractive. You're attractive. Yeah, you were. You were super studly back in the day. Um, there's also. When you had the afro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in junior high, there's also um, junkie uets, which are just frighteningly strung out singers. <laughs> Um, singing romantic things together. And then there's also What the Fuck You Wets, where both singers are insane and would make a disgusting love together, and you have no idea why they're matched up. Like, what? What? Those two are singing? Uh, what? What the fuck? See? See how that works? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then principled you wets, like, on, on principle. Um, it's not necessarily a romantic song, nor is there an implication of the singers having sex. Just the matchup of these two performers, the money grubbiness of, and the darth of creative inspiration is just plain disgusting. It makes you go, ew. So, we've got songs from each of these genres, uh, each of these subcategories today. And I will tease, our number one song today encapsulates pretty much all of these. It's a doozy. Alright, so let's get to the countdown. Elton John and Kiki D, don't go breaking my heart. So these two goofballs, this is a great example of a of a, a boogum duet. <laughs> yeah, Kiki D, beautiful. One of those haircuts in 1977 where the bob curls inward and looks like a hair helmet. Great look. She's very cute. And then Elton John in 1977 looked like the guy looked like the guy she found hiding in her closet as a teenager, and she figured, eh, I guess I have to marry him now. Uh, in the video, uh, their lack and of it's quite a video. It's, quite a bit, it's just them singing a microphone. Yeah. In the video, their lack of chemistry is so bad it grosses me out. Yeah. Uh, Elton's hair is thinning badly, and he's wearing creepy sunglasses and a weird suit. He's Elton John, uh, and he's got this rash around his mouth. You know, like all those lipless, pasty English guys. They seem to like always have like and a pink rash, it. like all around their mouth, it's just because the they're there. so pasty. Uh, he, he looks mortally ill. Uh, she looks healthy and supple, so the thought of these two bashing their naked hips together makes me want to gag. Yeah, in this in this video, and and also uh, not to critique their outfits, but it's definitely would be a rare occurrence of pe people looking worse fucking with their clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a look embraced by balding gay men that were pretending to be straight back then. They really weren't fooling anyone. It was sort of like a, I, I call it the Peter Allen. No, oh, okay. 
Jeez. They love it. Someone boy. showed Dave Peter Allen and how he works it into every joke. <laughs> Did you watch the live video I sent you guys? No. No, not yet. Because oh. you never watch anything I send you, so fuck you. Oh, man. I'm going to send it again. It's uh, his live version of Chicago right, Rio. I'll watch it this Fantastic. time. Fantastic. So, um, <laughs> watch so, it all the way through. Um, I'm, so, in this genre, I'm trying to look past Singer's physical experience and ask, you know, physical appearance and ask what if I had no idea what these two looked like would it still be an EUF and I've, the answer always has to be yes for it to make my countdown in this case it's because this song is so sappy and the characters are so cutie pooty pet namey public display of affection there's cheese balls they're the most that you've ever met and we all know we all know a couple with this vibe you know they're, they're pinching each other's cheeks and licking each other's tongue in line at the bank you, you know, you, ugh. you know people like, oh, hell, I love you so much. Oh, don't go breaking my heart. Uh, oh. It's it's really nice that you uh, found you you uh, you look past their physical appearance, and yet still find every single song. There's really ugly people in all these. Yeah, yeah, they're still disgusting songs. Yeah. Um. So. But if you do watch the video, you'll see everything I'm talking about. Uh, the chemistry is bad. Uh, it's disgusting in and of itself. It's like Kiki is kind of saying, get me away from this monster with her eyes. It's really something to see. It really yeah, the song is. The song originally offered to Dusty Springfield, but I'm assuming she was too creeped out by this version of Elton John to go through with it. I, I looked this up, and according to Dusty Springfield's girlfriend, it was because Dusty was, quote, too ill to record it at that time, which yeah. obviously means she didn't feel like leaving the house for this crap. Uh, so yeah. Kiki D, Elton, Elton John had signed her to his label, so he just called her up instead, I guess. Uh, this I, I looked up a little bit about this. Uh, this oh, was, you know what? In this video, he looks like a guy who says, I own you. I can make yeah, you do this. Yeah, you know this. what? She she probably was ill because Elton John made her fucking sick. <laughs> oh, poor Elton John. <laughs> this song About is time somebody oh. took that guy down a couple pegs. This this song is uh, interesting because it was Elton John's first ever number one hit in the UK, even though it was his sixth in America. And he never had another solo number one in the U.S., unless you count Candle in the Wind 1997, which never would have hit number one without Lady Diana, so I don't think it should count. And, and I think both these guys are going to be on the boat. This song? No, just both people, eventually. We put Kiki D on the boat. I know, and I think Elton John's going to get there, too. Oh, of course we did. Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. This is the second song in a row with gross duet partners ordering each other what to do with their hearts. So this is a nice, this is a nice example of a junkie duet. Like, I have no idea if these two were on drugs at the time, but they <laughs> sound like they are. They sound at least like they were. They sound at least super drunk. Uh, this song is kind of like going behind a dumpster and walking in on two emaciated junkies humping. Did that ever happen to you guys? Yeah, all the time. I was I was once offered love behind a dumpster when I was walking a young lady home in college behind a local establishment called the Peanut Barrel. Wait, were I you offered want. it by her or someone else? <laughs> no. Uh, she. No, uh, no, thank you. I have to walk you home. Me off guard. Yeah. And she said, "Take me behind this dumpster." And I, uh, I said. Oh, it was the, the girl you were walking home. I thought yeah. I, I thought you were walking her home, and some woman came out from behind the dumpster, like, "Hey, baby, 
Need a girlfriend? Oh no, it was it was oh, the girl okay. I was with. Uh, she stayed too long at a party, and I walked her home because at the time I didn't get the very strong hint that she was trying to stay over. All right, cool. You're gentlemen. Um, so back to the U.S. Uh, so the, you listen to this song, these voices don't match very well, like like humpers who can't get in a good rhythm. They also sound very dry. They, so, they sound dehydrated, like, but they're still Frenching and giving penetration a shot despite their bodies having no moisture whatsoever. Blech. Like, oh, fuck, where's the lube? This yeah. isn't gonna work. No, 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 Trey, don't worry, we don't have to get lube. Let's just give this a shot. Come on. Kiss me again. It feels like two snakes are touching. <laughs> I, I, their, their voices don't... Their voices I don't, don't have any spit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> None of that neither. <laughs> Dip it in this mud. All right. <laughs> that ain't mud. <laughs> That's okay. All right, JD and Dave make love and see. Yeah, <laughs> I had, I had to like let that, that one play itself out. I, I was gonna say you can their, their voices don't mesh that well, but you can kind of hear her adopting his mush mouth phrasing a little bit. Like this was still back when he was in his early phase. But hey, my voice is kind of annoying. I'm gonna slur everything like Bob Dylan. Like he didn't start enunciating for a few more years after this. It's kind of it's kind of like a lamer version of when I think, hey, I want the sentence to sound cool. I'm gonna say it a little more like JD. It'll sound a little cooler. <laughs> it's like it's not talking to me, but that's not what I have to say because I don't say it very clearly. Okay, Hunter, anything to say? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I know that you look past your physical appearance, mm-hmm. but I watch a lot of the videos on these and I can't. Uh, this is kind of peak Stevie Nicks. Attractiveness. Mm-hmm. She yeah. looked really good at, yeah. at this era. So you think this is more of a boogum uet than a junkie uet? Um, it's a little bit of both. It's, both. it's a little bit of both. I, I just, I just would say that you have to be pretty. You got to be pretty ugly dude to, to you know, want not to want to have a, a mental picture of yeah. Stevie Nicks having sex at this period. But when it's with this monster, like, <laughs> she is, ni- like, just 1981 beautiful. She looks like a popular prom queen, but with, like, this breezy Wiccan, Wiccan vibe. vibe. And she's just super attractive. And then uh, t- Tom Petty looks like slow cousin Doug. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, Heartbreaker like a, is a is an ironic name. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker. I got a bunch of handsome guys to be in my band with me. Um, so watching these two is like she came to visit from the city, and and she felt bad for her slow cousin Doug, so she took him, she took him in the barn uh, to take his virginity. But his penis was just weirdly big and like super bent. So it's just a painful, <laughs> terrible experience for everyone. Oh man, it's so, really painting a good picture. Yeah, let's yeah. see. Oh, you should write pornography. <laughs> I really should. And there's, some, there's something I want to say about the song. Is it's not a romantic song. This is actually more of a breakup song. But if you think about it, the vibe is 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 kind of like a fight. Like you break up with me. No, you break up with me. And fights like that usually end in hot, heavy makeup sex. In this case, physically painful, rhythmically challenged. Don't make me watch it, sex. Do a lot of people try to make you watch? You'd be surprised. Yeah. The E, the I, the G, the H, the T. Hey, 
Because nobody makes me watch, but I'm talking as if a lot of people do. So you'd be surprised, but the truth is that nobody's ever asked me to watch them have sex. To be honest, that wasn't that surprising. Uh, song number eight, Tony Bennett and Amy Winehouse, Body and Soul. So what the fuck is happening here? You got, you got an old man and a junkie girl. Tony Bennett is so, 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 so old, and you can hear it. Amy Winehouse is on so, so, so many drugs, and you can hear that too. But despite both of these things, they sound like they're singing less than an inch from each other's faces. It's very intimate. Just two different kinds of the worst breath mixing. And it's, it sounds like they have their hands down each other's pants. <laughs> and the vibraphone solo in the middle of the song, I think that represents fingers fiddling around. <laughs> uh, I, I okay. So this is this is this is a this is a curious duet for me because I, I kind of would like to watch these two bone just to see what would happen, uh, and also just to you know hear some Probably of that. Not much. <laughs> I'd like to hear some of the pillow talk, like before and after. You know, he could he could tell her stories of World War II, and she could tell him stories of buying ketamine. It'd be a real fun, fun like little conversation to peek into. A nice little generation gap conversation. Yeah. Boy, what well, different? I, I, I'd like to watch them bone just so I can figure out which one is body and which one is soul. <laughs> um, with those lyrics, <laughs> body and soul. I, oh, go ahead. I had to write these one-liners because I knew there'd be a delay, and I can't, I can't shoot from the hip as much. <laughs> They're playing great over here. Um, you actually can. You pretty much look like you're in the room with us on this Skype computer. You just can't, never yeah, I, the wall color kind of matches. Yeah, it looks great. So great podcasting. Um, so let's talk about the lyrics of this song. Uh, lyrics of this song: Body and soul, I surrender to you, body and soul. Surrendering one's body to one means having sex with one. And Tony Bennett's—he's not a bad-looking super old guy. He's got that shit-eating prod of himself grin that makes him look senile. He's always had it. <laughs> so I feel bad for him when I imagine him bringing his young lover Amy Winehouse around town, going like, she, "Ain't she a peach? Look at my young gal, boy, she is something." <laughs> and everyone's just gagging. <laughs> they can't even—they don't know what's going on. <laughs> not only. I mean, the only Amy Winehouse that exists in my head is that horrifying late in life plea for help, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Look at my girl. I, and now you're making <laughs> jokes about it. I met her. I met her behind the Denny's. <laughs> She's fab. She needed a ride and a friend. She was living behind the dumpster. <laughs> She's got a terrific voice. Terrific pipes on this one. This is this this right here. This is I, I'd never heard this duet before. Like, this is man. This is late in life heroin ravaged Billy Holiday type singing here. Like, that's as as close to that as I heard Amy Winehouse get. It's really depressing. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, and I it, it's a great song. But Amy Winehouse is one of those celebrities that you you type in the word nude after her name on a Google <laughs> search and you immediately wish you hadn't. Yeah, it I, just shows like the uh, like how way way bad it was for uh, not even up to the end, but there was a pretty big period. Yeah, of just depressing. You mean the nasty, autopsy? Uh, nip slips. Oh. Um, it's a beautiful song, I, I, but I can't listen to it without imagining Tony Bennett fumbling with her spaghetti straps, asking lame questions about her tattoos. You know, hey, where'd you get that one? Uh, I got a tattoo when I was in WW2. <laughs> it's an anchor. I'm a forearm. We all got them. It's a thing. Oh, uh, anyway. 
Oh, God, this is sad. Yeah, okay. Let's listen to something more fun. The S, the E, the B, the E, the N. Seven! All right, Patty LaBelle, Michael McDonald on my own. Yeah, this yeah. is a fun one. Yeah, this is a great example. Yeah. This is a mom and... Yeah! This is a mom and pop... Yeah! This is a mom and pop you wet. This Patty LaBelle sounds like a nice lady who sings in your church. Michael McDonald sounds like your aunt's new boyfriend who you're thinking she could do much, much better than. And yes, this is a breakup song, but they are heartbroken about it. They miss that boning. And these are two people who are awesome at singing, so the ache for each other's sexual, sexually unappealing sex parts is palpable. You can feel it in the song. That, to me, is both beautiful and gross. This is why you remade this video with your wife. Well, we were both, like, 25 and super attractive. I know, I know you guys have recreated this video, or not, you've recreated this song at karaoke. Yeah, uh, and we the video. took we took that karaoke performance. No, we didn't. Okay, never mind. That I, you know, um, I'd like to see Michael McDonald bone just to see if the carpet matches the drapes. You know, <laughs> you know, a little salt and salt and pepper pubes. You wrote the. the I would totally watch. No, that I'll, get, I'll get to that okay, later. Okay. But I just wanted to point that out while people so people had a had a visual image. Yeah, thank you, know what? you for that. I, I looked up uh, Michael McDonald right after I read your thing, and I typed in nude after his name. <laughs> Did you do that for everybody? And not a single nude photo of Michael McDonald showed up. I mean, most female celebrities love something, even if it's an obvious fake. But it's total bullshit. We're all the Michael McDonald nude fakes. Yeah, internet. Here's the thing. Get on it. I'm calling on our good friend of the podcast, Meme Master Tony Zarrett, to fix this injustice. Tony, get to work. Let's get some Michael McNude nude fakes out there. Make sure he has a huge boner. And so yeah, make him complimentary. Okay, so so let's take into account the, these two goofballs in the actual video, and things get even grosser. <laughs> so at the time of the release, Patti LaBelle was 42, and Michael McDonald watched the video, you'll never believe me, was 34. <laughs> he looked 52. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was, this is crazy, he was 30 when he recorded If That's What It Takes. I, I have no idea, like, he seems like he's always been old. Yeah. Um, That's how they made him back then. But despite the fact that he's he's young and she looks pretty great, they look completely unsexual. Patti LaBelle looks hot. Like, she has awesome hair, great jumpsuit. But the fact <laughs> a woman that fly would be into, like, this young, self-conscious schlump on the other side of the split screen, I don't get it. And I never want that split screen to dissolve. She looks so experienced and with it. He looks so virginal and shy. Their sex together must be so full of instruction and affirmation. Do, do this. No, that way. No, you can do it. I know you can. That's it. That's right. Ugh. What's wrong with that? <laughs> to be fair, this is also the hottest Michael McDonald has ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's walking on the beach, wind whipping through his mullet, the sun glistening. So handsome. The sun glistening off his all great trench coat puffy pants combo. <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And the problem is that they're on separate coasts. You know, she's a she's a fancy lady in New York, and he's just a schlub on the coast wearing all gray, walking around in uh, with no beach attire. Huh. Uh, good times. On my own. We love this one. Hold on, I want to hear this part, then I'll move on. Should we Yatsky this one? Sometime. Sometime. Alright, 
More mom and pop you wet here. Another good video, too. Uh, this is Ashford and Simpson with babies. <laughs> um, and so that Ashford and Simpson, they're an actual married couple. Nick, Nick Ashford, Valerie Simpson. Oh. They, they made these guys probably fucked. It's like an ironic one, because of course they fucked. <laughs> they're married. But you never know. So, um... This is actually that was my thesis, and uh, they probably fucked. Yes, that's what I just said. Okay, so sorry, it's okay. there's a delay. Um, this is also kind of a boogum duet because Ashford is creepy as fuck, <laughs> and Simpson is super beautiful, and uh, both of those physical attributes come through in the performance of this song. Ashford is so creepy. The chorus of this song, wait, is it coming up here? Hold on, let me see. Let me see. No, it's not. Okay. Oh, here it is. There it is. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen. Listen. Your mama shouldn't have What the fuck is that? They weren't made in heaven. See that? That's how you. That's how you know Simpson was into some freaky shit. Like anytime a really hot lady is dating an obvious creeper, they got some weird kinks they're exploring together. Almost a hundred percent of the time. Why do you know this? <laughs> Research. Um, so this song is weird too. Like when they recorded this, Ashford was in his forties and Simpson was in her late thirties. But they're singing this creepy song as teenage lovers who get pregnant <laughs> because the girl's mama told her babies were made in heaven, <laughs> not by dudes jizz going into her pussy. That's what mama should have told her. <laughs> <laughs> Mama said babies come from heaven. Uh, yeah, she's right. I'm going to jizz in your pussy. <laughs> it's a two-way street when it comes to knowledge of sexual reproduction. Ashford's character in this song. Ah, she'll figure it out. Um, so... Did they have kids? Did we look that they up? Do, they do have kids. They have kids? I think they oh, have two daughters, if I recall. So they learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think they talked to their kids about where babies come from? I showed them this video. I think, yeah, I think this is how, this is why this song exists. I'm sure they, they, they didn't want to explain it to their kids. <laughs> I like, like Chaz Bono at the beginning, I'm sure uh, their daughters, uh, Chaz Bono's not a virgin, but I'm sure that their daughters remain virgins because they had to hear so many sexually romantic songs between their two parents, their gross dad and their beautiful mom. Um, so you watch this video, these... Two basically old people are playing way... She looks great, though. Yeah, she looks she, great. She can pull it yeah, off. Yeah. They're playing way younger than they actually are. That's kind of gross enough. But then they have another setup in the video where there's a story between two lovers in, on the street, and that's that's fine. That's gross. But then there's a setup in a bubbly heaven where they, they're in loosely dressed clothes, dancing suggestively around each other. Like, you don't have to take much of a leap to imagine what it's like watching them have sex, but you will want to take an enormous leap to get that image out of your head. So, which one is Ashford and Simpson again? Ashford's the dude. Okay. Ashford's the one that looks like Eddie Murphy's character in uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes! Now I'll, I'll always remember. Um, yes, so Simpson is pretty good. But I gotta say, despite looking like of, uh, Eddie Murphy in Vampire in Brooklyn, Ashford had, had way more charisma and style. Uh, and it's not that I find it gross, um, but I really don't want to think of them having sex to procreate. Uh, uh, but I'd, I'd prefer to think of Astrid being pegged while Simpson pulled his hair. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I want to think about when I watch this. You should write porno. Um... Yeah, Ashford and Simpson, they're like that couple you don't want to be stuck in a hot tub with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
They're the couple you invite over for a key party, hoping you'll get Simpson, but you know your wife will never forgive you if she gets stuck with Ashford. <laughs> you can, but you can imagine Ashford liking his hair pulled, right? I mean, yes. oh, there's absolutely. only one reason yeah, to grow your hair. I mean, I, I, I can now. <laughs> um. So even though I don't want to see them in the bedroom, I would love to have them in my songwriter's room. Here's, Hold, a, here's fun fact. Pull my hair, JD. Okay, here you go. Oh yeah. Um, a little, some, just some <laughs> babies are made in heaven. <laughs> I, let me take care. Of, let me take care of some business about Ashford oh, okay. Simpson real quick. Their careers really took off after writing uh, for Motown, where they wrote "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." You're all I need to get by. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. All top 20 Motown songs on my personal Motown favorite list. Oh. Already. Oh, thank God. Hey, Dave, do you hear this? Sound delay, but there is a visual delay. Cool. And that's good podcasting. Alright, is the song playing? Yep. Starts with <laughs> a slow airplane noise. I think that's a subway, isn't it? Oh, this no, is, subway, yeah, this yeah. is a subway. Dummy. Why is it a subway, Dave? Why does that make sense? It makes sense because I've been talking about the Warriors for a while. In fact, at the Roxy uh, show a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I wore my Warriors vest to help me look tough when we got booed off the stage. Real crowd pleaser. I even brought up the song, the final song of the Walter Hill classic, The Warriors, by the late Joe Walsh. Rest in peace, Joe Walsh. He's late to a meeting. And he's got he's to gotta so sleep. damn good. He's got to sleep peacefully so he's not late again tomorrow. Poor Who guy. so damn good, and the thing is, it shouldn't be. It's a cartoon. It's an extremely simple narrative with an over-the-top antagonist again and again and again. You take a look at the baseball periods, a gang of baseball uniforms and face paint, it should be stupid. But it's not. It's incredible. Comic book styling the movie looks Oh. We showed up at the same Halloween party, and I was dressed as Fury, and you were dressed like a warrior. I do. I remember that. <laughs> I we gave you a lot of dirty looks. Yeah. They thought we planned it. We did not. No. Nope. <laughs> there's, there's a gang in there called the Punks. They're a bunch of hayseeds and overalls <laughs> and roller skates. As someone that grew up as a fan of punk, I should be saying that's fucking stupid. It was 1979. They knew better. But I'm not saying that. You know why? Because it's awesome, and I'm thinking about this year's Halloween costume. <laughs> so that's the movie part of it. We're here to talk about the song part of it. There's two versions of this song. The first one was recorded for the soundtrack, as I said, by the, the, the great late Joe Walsh. It's raw, and it's powerful. It's the perfect song for a perfect resolution. Or since we're on Feral Audio, I'll call it part eight of the story circle where characters return home changed. Anyway, the late Joe Walsh had incredible success with his song. Took it, took it to the rest of uh, guys that is part of a band and decided to chop the balls off of it, put it in the cooling of a jit spear on a fresh bed sheet, which Michelle wants to get him started. <laughs> Ultimately, She's further not proved the only good thing the Eagles ever did was to make the decision to break up. Or, yeah. I love yeah. this song. 
I love it's the song. It's a great song. It's a great fucking movie. I loved the song before I saw the movie. I saw the movie. I loved it. And again, like you said, this song comes at the end of the movie. I love the song even more. It's one of those movies. It's one of those songs where the movie it's in enhances the song for you. And that happens a lot in movie soundtrack songs. And the song enhances the movie. It's the perfect. It's the perfect resolution. Well, I'd say it's a little too late for the song to enhance the movie. I guess it enhances your experience having seen the movie since you're walking out feeling. It enhances great. the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the. This movie was based on Anabasis, I believe, by yeah, Xerxes. Yeah, so ten years prior, and it took him that long to get the rights to make the movie. Yeah, and uh, it's a fun modernization of a nice Greek tale. Uh, it's great. It is. What? It's overly simplistic in the narrative, and it's, hey, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. I just want to go home, and there's all these obstacles. And you got to get across. You got you got to run through the land of foreigners and get to your uh, get to your home turf. Um, it's yeah. kind of the Iliad, right? Isn't that what happened in the Iliad? Uh, I think it's the Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey you're thinking of, but it was, but it was. I used, I used to think it was the Odyssey, but then yeah, it was Anabasis. Anything else on this one? Nope. Whoa! Plug home. Plug home. Hey, hey, Ocean City Defender. There he is. Yep. He's. He always comes right in time. Right on time. Gets to the studio, starts playing this song. Good guy. Thanks to Steven, a.k.a. DJ Empirical, a favorite bumper meister of mine for today's bumpers. He writes, Hey, y'all! Made some bumpers for you using a combination of LL Cool J's alphabet and the Pointer Sisters pinball numbers. I think both are from Sesame Street. Yeah. But he, he didn't tell me that. Figured it out on my own. Follow him on Twitter at DJ Empirical. Hey guys, I'm gonna try something new in plug hole here and see if it works. All right. I wanna I wanna read one of uh, my favorite iTunes reviews, and I'm telling our audience, you know, you give us a cool, funny, clever iTunes review, we'll read it on air, throw you a shout out, unless it's a stupid one about our uh, awesome Van Halen episode. Oh yeah, we got a review on the Van like a two star. We usually get five star reviews because we're awesome. We got a two star review from somebody who just reviewed the Van Halen episode, and he said just like a week ago. They had they had dumb opinions. I only made it through 20 minutes. We barely even started two, at that two point. Two stars. I was expecting a very serious academic discussion of both eras of Van Halen. Wait, why, why did we have dumb opinions? We were basically two sides of the, our opinions. Is it because... He said he, he, the he, other side was full of sarcasm. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was... <laughs> Does he understand the podcast Obviously format? not. No. Well, um, not in the first 20 minutes of episode five. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, Large Yachty is the guy. He he's writes, the opposite of Lil Yachty, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, much much uh, more confident, or less, depending on how you want to take it. Uh, he writes, if you're a fan of the Yacht Rock web series and you want more JD, more Steve, more Hunter, and more of that other guy, <laughs> this podcast will be smooth music to your ears. That's a clever reference to our other Van Halen episode of the web series. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Large Yachty, you can eat shit and die. <laughs> Go fart in a puddle, you pile of human garbage. I am the fucking face of Yacht Rock, you bitch. I beg to also, differ. To, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh we got a cuck fight like. here. <laughs> also, to Doug Andrew, we'd like to say a special hello to your Aunt Mary and welcome her to the boat. Thank you, Aunt Mary. And Large Yachty, you can get dead. So that's our new segment, is we read a review and then we... 
insult the person who said something nice about us. Is that it? That's a bit? Well, yeah, technically, they didn't say also, anything nice about Dave. Also, uh, Doug, Andrew, and, and Mary, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Tell your friends to write us more iTunes reviews. If anyone, if anyone needs an apology, I've been the designated apologizer for Dave on social media, so feel free to reach out. Um, and then just one nickname today, Clayton, uh, no nickname, Gumbert. He, he's a patron and we, we said his name before we started oh, giving nicknames. Started so nicknames. he asked for a nickname. Can we make him Mona Bone Jackoff? Sure can. Clayton Mona Bone Jackoff Gumbert. Congratulations. Thank you so much for supporting us on Beyond Yacht Rock. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> this is a new one. I was not aware of this song's existence. Yeah, I guess you I hate. Was. I guess you hate oh, the man. Olympics. Um, so this is kind of a what the kind fuck of. you at? This song was written and performed in 1988, shortly after Barcelona, Spain, was selected to host the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. Well, of course they were chosen to host the Barcelona Olympics. <laughs> Who's gonna host the Barcelona Olympics? How about us? Okay, good idea. <laughs> Like anyway. trying to figure out what disease Joe DiMaggio died of. <laughs> um, he didn't die of Joe DiMaggio disease. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio disease. <laughs> Glad to see all the sunshine and pineapples. Oh, hasn't, hasn't cured Dave's brain. man. He's he's been he's he's been trying not to write facts out there in Hawaii, but he couldn't escape that one. Um, so anyway. This song, written in 92, Barcelona Olympics, uh, it eventually was featured in those Olympics shortly after Freddie Mercury's death in 91, which helped it climb to number two on the UK charts. Um, this, by the way, is Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Caballé with Barcelona. Uh, this is not just a song about the beauty of the city, it's a song about a romance that takes place in the city. A romance between the least sexy version of Freddie Mercury, the 41-year-old late 80s no-mustache Freddie Mercury, and the then 55-year-old Spanish soprano, the legendary Montserrat Caballé. At this point, she looks like an ample Martha Ray Dentureware, and he's gone from Tom of Finland to Tom of Maine. <laughs> hey oh Yeah, I, yeah, it's just the Freddie always had a great style, but not in this video. He he's wearing an awful tux and it's hard to look awful in the tux, but he pulls it off. And uh Montserrat kind of looks like a comedy mother in law from a white ethnic movie. Yes. Some, yeah. Something like, look at those Italians, or Greeks do stuff too, or Jews <laughs> like yous. <laughs> and she's looked like that her entire life. Yeah. <laughs> like really? you look at her from, yeah. from like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Um, she's got like a she's got a mole on her face. Oh. She looks, just looks very grandmothery. She's beautiful. Comedy mother-in-law. Um, so we we know Freddie Mercury, but uh, Montserrat Caballé is best known um, as an exponent of the bel canto repertoire, notably the works of Rossini, Bellini, Donizetti, and Verdi. Yeah. Yeah, we all know that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. This song made her super famous. Um, she was married. Freddie Mercury, who was a big fan, was bisexual, but HIV positive. It wasn't meant to be. Oh, so it's like a star-crossed lovers thing. Exactly. But he was such a huge <laughs> fan, you know he wanted to fuck her. He got, he got all that energy out in this song. I mean, you, you can hear it. You just don't want to imagine it. Um, so, and I'll be, you know... We I, sorry, sorry, guys. I, I had something I wanted to say, but my hotel room door just opened, and it was a maintenance guy, and he looked in and saw the setup I have here. 
and he got this horrified look on his face and, and pulled the door shut very quickly. I can only assume that he thought I was webcamming uh. some sort of sexual. Are your balls still out? Uh, well, I'm webcamming. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Are you on chat sorry, roulette uh, with, at the same time as us, Dave? Yeah, I just, I was distracted, but JD was talking about, um, anyway. Fred, Freddie Mercury, and it's, it's, it's sort of the reverse of, uh, Liza Minnelli marrying Peter Allen, but the way, or maybe, maybe it's the same because, uh, this, this gay guy was so obsessed with, uh, this, uh, this diva, diva, this icon of, uh, you know, singing. Sorry, I was really thrown off by that maintenance guy. That's cool. You should have just... Uh, he was really thrown off by you. You should have just let us continue until you got your bearings together instead of blabbering about it for a <laughs> half hour. Welcome to Hawaii. Um, He's going to have a story to go home to. <laughs> so I got podcasting. His balls were out. Yeah. All right. So we talked about how, how Montserrat looked like an old grandmother. <laughs> Uh, but Freddie, she, he was nutballs about her. I saw a video of him on YouTube. It's called Freddie Mercury's Last Interview. I don't know if it was or not. But he's leaning on a jukebox, smoking a cigarette, just like bragging about... Oh, that's something pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, there's something cool about it, but he's... But here's what's not... He's bragging about how he's working with this opera girl, and he wants to turn his back on rock and roll and focus on opera. Uh, he just he wants in her pants so bad... Freddie Mercury would quit rock and roll for her with no guarantee of a romantic Wait, relationship. He was leaning on a jukebox, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Saying, I, <laughs> I want to turn my back on rock and roll yep, yep. and go to opera. Yep. Man, that guy could do anything. He really could. Yeah, the range on that the guy. was behind him. It was a metaphor, and he was beating you over the goddamn head with it. He, the range on that guy. Greatest rock and roll singer of all time. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it takes a lot of diva to please him. That's why he, he is with a fucking Spanish soprano. So I feel shitty about making jokes. Him and Rob Halford, I want to yeah. say. One A and one B. Um, I feel shitty. I feel oh, shitty. got more to say. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, I think around the time of that interview, it was when he, he just found out he had AIDS. So like stepping out of my sick fantasy and into reality, knowing death was imminent, I'm sure he wanted to spend time focusing on his passions like opera, um, which he really did love a lot. And I think this song achieves a very unique, powerful beauty, much like Freddie and Montserrat themselves. Unfortunately, I just can't hear it without seeing them having sex. Amen. This is Melissa Oftermauer and Danzig with Father's Grave. This is another song I was not aware of the existence of. Nope. Really? Oh man, I knew this one. When I when I heard when I heard this, I was like, "Is this the girl from Hole or Smashing Pumpkins?" And then I remembered, wait, Smashing Pumpkins was Darcy, you know, the bassist. And then I looked it up, and she was in both. Mm -hmm. She was in Hole and Smashing Pumpkins. Little time and Smashing Pumpkins. Wow, isn't that interesting? This was a fun one to research. Double double threat. This was a fun one to research because. Um, you could just I just typed in the grossest guys I could think of in rock and roll and wrote duet <laughs> and that was <laughs> and that's how this I came was up. wondering how Wait, you found this. you typed in Melissa off door Mar no the grossest guys in rock oh. and roll <laughs> you think Danzig's gross that man's an Adonis oh, well if you like little tiny Adonis this is the way too big muscles 
And a weird, I do. weird. He monitor. does. He just. Oh, yeah. You know me. Just describe Dave's Adonis. Um, and this is this is Danzig's first duet. Um, he'd go on to do another with uh, Cherry Curry, which I can't find. This came out around 2010, and yes. Uh, Melissa Oftermar was the, the bass player for those bands, and she's awesome. Like, she's you hear her sing. This is her album. She's great. Like, she's a redhead with this really strong persona, and she's really good looking. Like, not to focus too much on her looks because her talents exceed them, but if you were to say whole bassist, the first image that popped into my head might be more frightening, way more frightening than Melissa actually looks. Um, and this song, she possibly bones Glenn Danzig. Right, this is all. This is a. This is a boogum. You beautiful woman, gross man. Boogum. Boogum. But Dave disagrees. Boogum, Davo. I, I wanted. I wanted to look more. I wanted to find out more about this album. It, it's. Uh, it's called Out of Our Minds, and apparently it's sort of a concept album about about Vikings. And it was also accompanied by a short film and a comic book and an option to turn it into a video game, just like we saw with some of that There's stuff in the dystopian option. future episode. Well, that's interesting that this is about Vikings, because this is about digging a father's grave, and if I'm not mistaken, Vikings did not dig graves, they sent boats out in nope. the ocean on fires. Yeah, flaming arrows, lighting a boat on fire. Guys, that's how I want to go if we can't pull together that karate funeral. Okay. Hey, is this our first Danzig song in the countdown? Yep. I think it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, yeah. Geez. Uh, here's the thing about Danzig. I don't want to see him do anything, even fucking or not fucking. Uh, he's a rock god, and him doing anything besides killing it on stage looks awkward and bizarre. Uh, years ago, someone posted pictures of him, of him shopping for cat litter in Los Feliz, and it was upsetting. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in fact, I got an idea to update Don McLean's American Pie, and uh, seeing Danzig shop for cat litter should be a verse, because <laughs> the music died a little bit that day. I was I was in Los Feliz at uh, the Albertsons over there on Hillhurst of Vermont or whatever it's on. I was pushing my cart down the aisles, and I looked down one, and I stopped. I kind of backed up a little bit, because about halfway down the aisle, I saw Danzig holding up two different kinds of toilet paper. And if you remember that Simpsons episode where Monty Byrne shopping and he's looking at ketchup, catsup. That's what Danzig was doing, holding two different kinds of toilet paper, just thoughtfully looking back and forth, just kind of deciding uh, what brand would be better for a shitty asshole. Bargain or shopping. Maybe to, blow, maybe to blow his nose in case he gets the sniffles. Uh, um... Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, okay, so yeah, so seeing him buy kitty litter and toilet paper is disgusting. Imagine, imagine him killing Melissa Oftermauer's father, then following her around the graveyard, and then making out with her and possibly having sex with her. And she's into it. This song is creepy and gross in content alone. This is a great uet. And he might even be wearing a Viking helmet while he, do, he does all that. <laughs> that makes it, I, I makes mean, it a little less gross, To actually. be honest, what you just described fits his brand a little bit more than than shopping for kitty litter and, and uh, discount toilet paper. That's true. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Man, I love Danzig's voice, though. And these two sing great together. Uh, but if you two are ever having sex uh, and I walk into the room, uh, please stop having sex. I don't want to watch that. Okay. What? I mean, that, these two just seem like a fairly standard alt-porn type coupling to me. Yeah. Like but a goth should, dude. You should still probably stop having sex like with you're, JD. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I mean, this is this could be your standard suicide girl. Yeah, really. Yeah. Video. But uh, but yeah, but I don't want to see JD coming into frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the real mood killer there. Actually, you know what enhances episode? If you imagine each of these couples having sex, and you imagine me popping my head into frame and waving. Hey guys, no, I don't uh, <laughs> you being the boom guy, but you're also naked with your gut out. Nobody has to be naked, but that's just how you work. The smallest boom version. In, boom in. The smallest version of my penis because it's cold. My yeah. little dick pimple. And you're not aroused in any way, shape, or form. No, because yeah, because they're professional. Oh, exactly. And they're gross. Uh, anything else? No. Uh, I got another Danzig story. If you want to hear. No. Yeah. Tell it later or not. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Well, we'll save it for the when we get Danzig on account. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. The T, the H, the R, the E, the E. All right, this song's my jam. This is Lady Gaga and R. Kelly, Do What You Want. I once listened to this song all day so I'd have a story to tell at a storytelling event. It's called Public School. You should go see it sometime. Great show. It was a good story about how... What was, it, what was the theme of that? Was Because was, I know you did it to, to... Something like compulsion or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some particular theme that the storytelling event revolved around. Um, so this song's creepy as fuck. And I've, I think I've mentioned it in the podcast before. I feel like we've talked about it in this room. But Lady Gaga is singing from the perspective of a, a permissive session... <laughs> Lady Gaga singing from the perspective of a permissive sexual partner. It's a metaphor for the media treating her like a soulless piece of meat. That metaphor is completely lost to R. Kelly in his verses. He's so he's just like to quote our president, moving on her like a bitch. And there you have do what you want to my body. Yeah, do what you want. If the answer's not pee in your face, I don't know why these two got together. <laughs> his verse should be see you there, I gotta pee. Might do it on you, but you're not 14. But to his credit, he does have the lyric, I can be the drink in your cup. <laughs> of course, uh, his own little metaphor is the uh, the cup is her mouth, and the drink, of course, is his pee. He's a bit of a pedophile, that R. Kelly. Hey, that's <laughs> How can you be R. Kelly now and write that lyric? And think I like I I don't understand how we accept it. I don't think but he thinks much. I, his the idea of him being president is about as acceptable to me as our current president. So maybe it all makes sense. Put a pin in that. Um, yeah, we'll get back to that. So. I think I re I would be into watching R. Kelly and Lady Gaga have sex. If, and that's a, sure. that's a big if. If they limited themselves to the basic moves of your average everyday pornographic film. Yeah, like no no water sports. Well, uh, that would be hot, but the, the, something tells me they'd push it even further than water sports. Oh. Because Lady Gaga is such a great troll, just to be shocking. She had to be shocking with R. Kelly, and that would mean probably pushing it beyond water sports until he feels so ashamed he's got to break down and crying. It would just be a scat-filled It'd be a scat-filled nightmare that ends with R. Kelly crying while he ejaculates. Not something I want to see. So, <laughs> um, she's a great troll to her listeners as well, and this song is awesome trolling. Brava, brava, Lady Gaga. <laughs> brava. So to cast R. Kelly and his reputation as the guy who says, I'm going to do with you, what you want with your body, obviously we've been talking about this, the implication is pee on your body, that's what he wants to do, which makes this, reaching number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100, the highest charting song about peeing on people in the history of the world. <laughs> huh. 
I, I need to go back over the charts over the past 50 years and yeah, see if that's yeah. true. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry may have one. Mm. Just saying. I, I, yeah, I wrote a joke. Well, let me let me get into this. Oh, I wrote this, sorry, Steve. I wrote this joke. I think Lady Gaga should do a series of duets with other performers who have well-known fetishes. First up would be videotape me with a hidden camera in the ladies' room featuring Chuck Berry. <laughs> okay. And when I wrote that Steve, joke, Steve, you should write pornos. When I hang on, I'm not done. When I wrote that joke a few hours ago. I was like, man, remember that run we had when, like, we'd, we'd feature people on the show and they would die immediately? Chuck Berry's kind of getting out there. Oh, I thought and you said going to no, Chuck Berry died. He did. During song number 10. He just died? He, I, I literally, my phone vibrated during song number 10 and I looked at it and it was an email from the Huffington Post saying rock and roll legend Chuck Berry has died at 90. Oh no. Huh. Let so, me be the first to say rest in tea. I can't, I can't believe we broke that. People who will be listening to this in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> longer than that. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> heard it here last. Oh, okay. Here's it. That so, sucks, man. Yes, it does. Thanks for bumming us out today, JD. God, no it. problem. My ding. I like that. I like that our minds both went to Chuck Berry there, though. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and Steve was the one to tell us how Chuck Berry died. I don't know how he died. I just assumed it was because he was ninety. Sorry, that that he died. Um, Dave, I said put a pin on R. Kelly as president because everybody needs to please, please, please go on YouTube and check out the live performance of this song from the 2013 American Music Awards. R. Kelly plays the president. Lady Gaga plays his assistant. Uh, there's comedy. There's dancing. There's heartbreak. It's great. Watch it at www.youtube.com backslash watch question mark V equal sign V5WPAHRGGDA. And it's case sensitive, so good luck. Yeah. Uh, try different I, I, cases. Again, again, though, I love the idea of R. Kelly being president because he's, unlike our current president, he's competent at what he does, mm -hmm. and you can actually find his P-tapes on the internet. Yeah. A as of this recording. Oh, no. All right, let's move on. So, I have no idea... Uh, I know opinion. Wait, Dave froze again. No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. His head is back in his hand, um, though. I don't know if this song has sexual connotations. I'm just absolutely disgusted that Kermit the Frog would sink this low to do a duet with Jimmy Buffett. This is called Caribbean Amphibian. <laughs> That's the perfect Jimmy Buffett name. Name for the Wait, Kermit is, song. Which one of them is the amphibian? Good question. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it kind of talks about Jimmy Buffett anyway. Um, the brazenness of the money grab of this song is so gross. If you're gagging on your own vomit, you're gagging on your own vomit just as you would if a grossly matched couple were singing about making love to each other. This is disgusting that this that this matchup would happen. So this is a print this is what I described the beginning as a principle you eat. You at it's so gross, it's so disturbing. And so listen. It's the post Jim Henson Kermit voice, so it's just not right. Just nothing is right about this. Yeah, song. like the instant Kurt, quote unquote Kermit opens his mouth, my brain is screaming, That's not the real Kermit! Yeah, and the instant Jimmy Buffett opens his mouth, my brain is screaming, Turn this fucking bullshit off! <laughs> yeah, this just sounds like uh, sounds like Ray Romano getting yelled at by his wife. <laughs> this, 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 this version of Kermit. It's like when you have to hear the post Mel Blanc Looney Tunes character shilling for some bullshit in a uh, dumbass commercial. 
Uh, you think you think Jimmy Buffett was just sitting around one day trying to come up with words that rhyme with Caribbean? I think he does that every day. Yeah, I think he spends. Of course, he does. Um, he just looks. He just looks up words. He's that read rhyme the entire with. dictionary. Hey, here's a tropical word: latitude, 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 gratitude, fa- attitude, latitude. Ah, oh, you nailed it! Attitude, latitude. I should have started with a. Um, Topical tropical. All right, some hard facts. This is from 1998's album Elmo Palooza. And if you watch the video, um, you'll have to see Jimmy Buffett, trigger warning. Uh, but the Caribbean amphibian story features an animated frog. And this is be- this is way before his day, but... Uh, and this, so this is some Illuminati shit. But the Caribbean amphibian, I swear to God, it's Pepe the racist frog. Just, it looks just like it. Check it out. It's huh. weird. You'd think, uh, you'd think uh, Sesame Street or... Or, uh, the Muppets would still have... PBS would still have their funding if that was true. I know. Well, here's here's the thing. The the video was introduced by Kevin Clash, the former voice of Elmo. Oh, of The Clash? No. Oh. Of, uh, the guy that was, um... Oh, that, that guy! Five underage sexual assault charges due to statutes of limitations loopholes. Oh. So you got that guy introducing the song. You got a racist frog, and you got Jimmy Buffett. I mean, it makes total sense. Speaking of racist frog, that's actually David Allen Greer uh, introducing the song, so congrats. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, so... wow. (laughs) He looks an awful lot like Kevin Clash. Well, okay, in my defense... Slumber. This was from Elmo Palooza, so you know Kevin Clash was somewhere in the wings. <laughs> oh, God. You haven't lost it. Listen, Aloha Dave, you haven't lost it. You still got it. You know, I looked up photos of Kevin Clash, and I, I looked at them next to them. They look a lot alike. Exactly. I thought it was him. Exactly. Yeah, that was what, that's what JD was saying. Gary. Well, Gary. Dave. <laughs> You're you're talking yourself into a deeper pit. Just Some say, people say I look like John Larroquette, you know? Just, Whatever. Just say aloha. You kind of do look like John Larroquette now that you're getting a little older. A little yeah, Dan Fielding, and a little salt and pepper. <laughs> oh. Man, right. Great number two. What a great number two. What could two. number one be? It's a doozy. True beauty rarely graces this planet in its purest form. But done, but none is so pure, and the entire pack. I fucked up the sentence. None is Listen. so pure and as the entire package of enviable perfection that is... Mariah Carey. Here she is in the uet that encapsulates all of my subcategories. <laughs> Is it? You know what the song is yet? I didn't announce the song yet. This is all I want for Christmas is you. This is the version in which uh, all she wants for Christmas is Justin Bieber. Damn it. Not you. This is not a sex me up. This is why he's so angry. This is a beautiful woman, gross man. It's not really a mama poppy wet, but Mariah is like a second mother to me, so kind of. What? She rubs her shit on the walls, man. It's a junkie uet. <laughs> it's a what? It's a what the fuck? And it's a principal uet. All of them rolled into one. Um. Now you can yell at me about the song. I I don't I don't know what it is about you and this song or this this kind of thing, 
I really think you put these songs at number one just to get people riled up. Oh, I don't know uh, why you don't like every single version of the 11th biggest selling digital single of all time, sung by the second most beautiful woman on the planet. <laughs> Wait, and Mariah Carey. Oh, come on, I had a good one! Yeah, damn it! Say it again. Uh, the second most be sung by the second most beautiful woman on the planet. And Mariah Carey. Oh! Yeah! Really giving it to be JD, who's the first most beautiful woman on the planet? My fucking wife. It's my wife. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and fuck you, his daughter. Yeah, well, she's the most beautiful girl on the planet. Uh, until Mariah Carey's daughter starts singing. Um... No, no, she'll always be the most beautiful girl. Never mind. I got my I got my beautiful women math wrong. My daughter will always be the most beautiful girl on the planet. Okay, anyway. So, oh, he's flustered. I'm flustered. We're getting his head. Listen. I, there's a lot of reflexive. I had to deal with a lot of reflexive jealousy to, to be able to write anything about this song. This is from Justin Bieber's album Under the Mistletoe. Um, I mean, he got the get of the century. Like, hey, Mariah, you're an untouchable goddess. Will you perform on my Christmas album so I can desecrate both you and your masterpiece in one fell swoop? There's a real, there's a real Harold and Maude vibe on this one. Fun fact, Mariah Carey released the original version of this song the year Justin Bieber was born. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm picking up something that's being put down. <laughs> uh, my buddy, my dad, and I watch... I'm saying that my, my dad is my buddy. Uh, we watched part of Mariah Carey's Hallmark Christmas movie this year on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, she played the villain character, which I give her a lot of credit for, because a lot of divas are not willing to do that. Uh, she's an overbearing PTA mom, because all overbearing PTA moms look like Mariah Carey. Uh, I'm she sure likes it was a real stretch for her to play a fucking asshole twat. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I disagree. Continue, Steve. Uh... The, the PTA mom that she plays likes to run the show all the time. She doesn't want to make room for the new gal in town with the talented daughter. Uh, but she does kind of hedge her bets a little bit by getting very, very soft and twinkly, oldie-timey movie lighting on all of her many, many close-ups. It's not special lighting. That's just how what happens when you point a camera at her. That's just her radiance is yes. what you're saying? Yes. Um... Hunter, you have some things to say about this asshole Justin Bieber. Yeah, I want to go on my Justin Bieber rant. <clears throat> Here's the thing about Justin Bieber, and this take us to the rant zone, Hunter. I don't, <laughs> I don't like. No that. beebs allowed. Okay, back before culture had been trampled on, recycled, and turned into a McDonald's drive-through, it took society about a year to flush that turd vanilla ice down the toilet. This one, this Justin Bieber just won't fucking flush. It's been like 15 years, most of my adult life, I've had to hear about this goddamn turd. And, God, Vanilla Ice must be fucking kicking himself for not being 30 years younger. We just fucking accept this shit now. We don't push back, we don't get him out of the fucking cultural zeitgeist, we just let it fucking happen. Either time has stopped, or it's, a, it's moving slower, or society is in the midst of a collapse, and there is no more fucking progress. Thanks, Justin Bieber. Hashtag normalization, hashtag resist. Come on, Hunter, we would all watch this pegging video, Mariah Carey and Justin Bieber. <laughs> You uh, know it. I'm watching strictly Ashford and Simpson pegging vi videos, okay? I'm a little more open-minded than you, I guess. <laughs> well, I got I mean, I... You are. You are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. You're right. Okay. Time has come. 
Let's take a moment to just listen to this song and really think about the visual moving images of a 42-year-old Mariah Carey getting her desired Christmas gift, sex with 17-year-old Justin Bieber. Think about it. Everyone think about it. Man, she's really pegging him. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, what didn't make the list? Anyone? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. You can pretty much look at all my, uh, the same shit that I put on these guys might have fucked. Um, but I'll, I'll stick with one, and that's, uh, I can't, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the Doro Passion Udo Dirk Schneider, uh, uh, the, the oh, guy, uh, Dancing with an Angel. Is it Dancing with an Angel? Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about good. Dora Pesh, but she seems like a lovely, a lovely young woman. Uh, Udo Dirkschneider s- still seems like the lead singer to accept. Uh, yeah, he looks like a short, uh, fat Pat Oswalt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does, and he sounds like... He sounds like wh- if you put a car from first to reverse in the, in the, in the <laughs> just it's 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 a lovely song yeah. and ugh. Uh, man mine mine is a song called lemon incest I think that was the one I had for these guys probably yeah. Fun. Yeah, that was it's, your what do we miss I yeah. think yeah it's uh Serge and Charlotte Gainsbourg the father and his 13-year-old daughter sing about incest. Yeah, Imagine much a shirtless 50-year-old man duetting with a girl that sings like uh, Chrissy Amplett from the uh, Divinals, but she's dressed in her panties and a buttoned-up shirt, only she's 13 and the lead singer's daughter. Yeah. Do not watch this music video. No. He was a provocateur, that Serge Gainsbourg. There's another father-daughter duet that's more... Uh... Uh, notorious, not not for those reasons, but just, uh, Frank and Nancy Sinatra, something stupid, yeah. which is a love song to each other. Uh, it's not nearly as dirty though, but it's 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 got that same kind of what vibe. Um, the the one I was gonna mention is uh, Glenn Campbell and Tanya Tucker's cover of Bobby Darin's Dream Lover, which was done when she was half his age and they really were boning. Ew, yuck! That would have been a good one. Hunter, what's next? Uh, next is going to be, I'm going to take you to a simpler times um, when y- y- you didn't have to protest everything. Everything wasn't a goddamn disgrace. And all you had to do was protest your times where you wanted to just party. And it's called Partest Songs. Oh, I get it now. Oh. It's like protest songs. Yeah, you never got that? I was no, thought it was I thought... partist songs. Like a, like a... Like it was the partiest, yeah. except it was missing no. the I. No, oh. it's not protest songs. They're partest songs. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Oh, I like it more now. Oh. I thought it was weird before. I liked it because it was weird, but I like it in a real way now. Uh, <laughs> I find this week's Uets playlist by following J.D. Rizner on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com to buy t-shirts. Check out <coughs> the Yasky Scale spreadsheet. Read the captain's blog and see show notes by Tim Mel. Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow David, David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat, so please take the time today to write a review. Thanks to DJ Empirical for sending in the bumpers. Additional bumpers by Rob Crow and Mark.
York Rivers. Uh, thanks, Matt Rousseau, for not only recording us, but being the genius who made Dave Lyons... He made him happen. Made Dave Lyons feel like he's in the studio with us, even though he's in Hawaii. Yeah, thank you. And while we're on the topic, um, go to JoeDiMaggio.com. You can donate to the uh, Joe DiMaggio Disease Foundation. Mm. Yeah. That's another... A lot of people need your help. That's another Boogum situation. Beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. He, uh, was, Him and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, he was uh, he was twat grind in uh, Maryland, yeah. Sure was. <laughs> Put a ring on it and everything. I'm going to twat grind this as long as I can. Uh, where did I go? Thanks to the entire fair audio. That was audio. after Arthur Miller. Yeah. Hey, no, never mind. N- another show. Thanks to the entire Feral Audio family. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. Mm-hmm.